Paranorm podcast contains content that might not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. This is Paranorm Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Paranorm, the podcast where we chat about all things true crime and paranormal. I'm Emily. I'm Sierra. And this week, we are discussing a sick fuck by the name of Tony Costa, a.k.a. the (laughs) Cape Cod serial killer. (laughs) I think I caught Sierra off guard with that. Whoa. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) That wasn't awake I am now. (laughs) Um, Anyway, a.k.a. um, the Cape Cod serial killer, a.k.a. the Cape Cod vampire. LOL. It just really just made me laugh. Whoa. Um, So, yay. Vampires. Anyway. They're real guys. <laughs> it's time for our weekly check-in with one another. How the fuck are you, Sierra? Oh, that that breath in, that deep breath in. <laughs> Actually, doing pretty good, I think. Um, wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know what that noise was. <laughs> we're in great moods. Can you guys tell? It's the day after my birthday. Yes, it is. So we're still counting it as my birthday. Yep. And we're doing great. We just got back from a wonderful dinner with my um, parentals, yep. as I so lovingly call them, and my niece, Yay. who I got to see. She is the cutest little thing ever. Um I had the most wonderful p- uh, pizza. It had fucking potato chips on it, y'all. I don't even think I need to say more. <laughs> um, but and yeah. ranch. And ranch. Okay. I don't think I've expressed my love for ranch on the show yet, but it honestly is the best sauce ever. My brother, when he was little, wouldn't call it ranch. He would call it sissy sauce because <laughs> it was my fucking sauce. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, we've had a very good week. Yeah, I think Sierra, so. You've had a good week? Yeah. Um, not too crazy, and three-day weekend for Labor Day. Oh, yeah, for you. Yeah, for me. Sorry. <laughs> um, and so, I think that'll be good. Give me a little bit of time to just, like, get my mind back in order, because, like, yeah. I literally asked somebody to do something, and they're like, I can't do that. You have everything. Oh, I'm just like, no. That's fantastic. Um. How fucking wonderful. I'm gonna get my head on straight, and... <laughs> to revisit this topic at a later date because <laughs> right now I don't know what the heck's going on. So that's a problem for a Tuesday, not a problem for today. So It's a problem for Tuesday Sierra, as yeah. I so like to put it. Like, that's a problem for a future Emily. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm not going to worry about it today. There's nothing no. I can do about it. So no. it's just. It's, it, it is what it is. Future Sierra can worry about it. There you go. Um, I'll tell you what past Sierra did, and it was something <laughs> fucking wonderful. Um, sneak a little bitch over here. Snuck behind Ooh. my... <laughs> <laughs> um, behind my back, uh, mm-hmm. texted my mother, and they... Actually. Said, actually. Actually, I, how it went down is that she texted me. Oh, man. Okay. Um, so I had been looking at things on the Amazon Prime and (laughs) I was like planning on doing something and then your mom texted me and she was like hey I was looking at these this for Emily's birthday and I was like huh funny story I was looking at the same thing for Emily's birthday (laughs) let's like make a plan so that oh my lord how it happened 
So the plan that they made was my fucking dream come true. I am obsessed with like all sorts of cheesy little things. Like I love cheesy jokes. I just it's just it just is what it is. Um, and here, I don't know if this is a thing everywhere, but here, um, people will put like flamingos, like the little plastic yard flamingos Mm -hmm. in someone's yard at like an insane amount, um, and just like cover their yard on their birthday. And I think it is the funniest fucking thing. I think it is magical. And I have told Sierra this (laughs) every single time I see one. I think they're so fucking hilarious. I think they're so cute. Um, so this is what she does. She fills she fills our yard with twenty four plastic pink flamingos. Yep. And we have a pretty large yard. Um, and I am I was at a live in, so I didn't even get to come home on my actual birthday. And I came home for like a not even a full hour. And all of a sudden, I like come around the curve, and all I see is bright pink. And I'm like, no, she fucking didn't. <laughs> and just like the entire time I'm pulling into our driveway, I'm just like overcome with the amount of joy. <laughs> it was so fucking hilarious, and it's so funny. And it wasn't even registering with me how much there was because I walked inside, and there are these little tiny flamingos inside. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was really funny. It was really cute, and um. My my understanding of how the flamingo system works is you <laughs> rent them, and Sierra was like, "Yeah, we I I caved. We can. And they're ours." And I was like, "I'm sorry, what? They're they're what now?" Because Sierra does not a fan of the pink plastic flamingos like I am. I love them. I'm obsessed with them. I have not bought one because she's not. They're just not her thing. And she turns around and buys twenty fucking four of them. I mean, go big or go home. I mean, really. <laughs> So, yeah, um, I'm pretty excited. We're going to put them around our pool and in our podcast room and anywhere else I feel like it. So, yay. And we're going to repurpose them. For Halloween Mm -hmm. slash every day. Yeah. Just Um, life. So, yeah, that's that's what that is. And she just got me some amazing, amazing presents. And if you want to see what any of those are, you're going to have to go to our Patreon just to see. Mm -hmm. Because let me tell you. Sierra out fucking did herself this week, y'all. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's our week this week. It was a amazing week, an amazing birthday. Um, all thanks to some really fucking lovely people. So yeah, I know I say that a lot. So yeah. So yeah, it's just my tagline. <laughs> so yeah, and um, and one hundred and ten percent. It's the first things that I go on. I go on. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. <laughs> You right. can take it and use it any way you want. Like, so, yeah, um, <laughs> I did a thing. You probably shouldn't have, but I did it anyway. Or, like, it's so, just yeah. such a versatile statement. A versatile? Yeah. Versatile? I think you can go either way. Honestly. Okay. Either way. I fuck with it. So. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is totally off topic, but it's a really short story. Sorry. Um, Let me hear it. <laughs> so, today, um... Someone was doing a video, mm-hmm. and they were talking about uh, their childhood a little bit, and they were saying that they, when they were little, they used to write poems. Uh huh. But um, they had a very interesting way of saying the word poem. How did they say the word poem? <laughs> I don't even know if I can recreate it accurately, because it was um, poems. Poems? Poems. Oh, my lord. 
I don't think I would have been able to listen to them talk. And like then she was like saying it over and over. No, <laughs> funny. Yeah, so I I just found it interesting. Like, I mean, we all have those certain words that we just yeah. can't say or like we say strangely. Mm-hmm. Um, like mine is sandwich. So, <laughs> but it's just interesting, like how different those words are. Oh yeah, it's complete. It's crazy. Um, like my my other mother, Wendy, she says hot dog really mm-hmm. weird. Like it's, but she's lived literally everywhere, so she's gonna have some weird little dialect mm-hmm. things in there. Um. But yeah, so it's just super strange to think about. This also has nothing to do with my case. So this is going to tie in super nicely, guys. You're welcome. I'll figure it out. (laughs) No, you can leave it in just like this. This is totally (laughs) fine. Okay, ready? Yes. All right. So before I get into my case, um, let me let you guys know, as usual, about my two main fucking sources. Thank you so much for this. Um, I used a couple more that I completely forgot to write down in my notes. So I'm going to put those on the blog as usual with the other two. Uh, But I used Murderpedia, of course, because it is like a holy fucking grail. Um, And I used uh, thelineup.com. Both of those places had all sorts of information and I really appreciate them. So thanks, guys. Um, Now on to my case. So to begin... Um, Tony Costa was born August 2nd, 1944, in Provincetown, in Mass- um, like a small town in Cape Cod, Massachusetts, um, United States, obby. <laughs> <laughs> just in case you were wondering. And, yeah, just in case. Um, he was raised by his mother and his stepfather, um, and had no siblings, mm-hmm. as far as I know. So, Costa was an infant when his father died in World War II, um, not long after his birth, because like I said, he was born in 1944, so right around the time that was all kicking in. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so he was raised by his mom and his stepfather. Uh, Around the age of seven, Costa told his mother that a man was entering his room at night and... um, would sit there and stare at him and keep him company. He later identified this man as his dad, like his actual dad from a picture. Like how fucking wild is that? Whoa. Yeah. Right? So a little bit of paranormal in our true crime today. Okay. okay. <laughs> I mean, if he was a kid. Well, yeah, but well, kids never... are more sensitive to that kind of thing. Yeah. But he never actually saw his dad because he was an infant when he died. So yeah. He never saw him in real life. So it would make sense that he wouldn't know originally, like, who he was. Yes, exactly. But, um, so, neighbors would distra- uh, describe him as a spoiled little boy who was never punished for anything. And then I also saw conflicting reports that he was a very nice young man. So, like, apparently neighbors just could not get on their shit and decide about what the fuck this kid was or not. So... Some, maybe some people are just biased. Or they just want to... They, um, just don't want to speak, speak ill about someone, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. It could go either way. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, we already know he was a serial killer. Maybe they just don't want to talk trash about a serial killer. You know, in case he haunts them. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so bad to be haunted by a serial killer. Oh my god, yeah. I'm already okay with our ghost Robert. That's the name of the ghost that we are pretty sure that lives here. Um, so... Robert? Is that what we named him? What did I name him? George? George. Who's Robert? Oh, Robert that's our FBI agent. Sorry, guys. <sighs> I name okay. everything. 
I'm sorry, George. Um, George is the name of the ghost that we are pretty sure lives here. Um, he did not tell us that name. We don't even know if it is a he. Uh, we just know that there's definitely some fucking energy happening in this homestead. So, yeah, I'm just, I'm just glad the only thing that he messes with is temperatures. So, anyway, back to Costa. In November 1961, at age 16, he invaded a Somerville, Massachusetts apartment. Didn't we go through Somerville? I feel like we did. Yeah, that sounds familiar. It sounds very familiar. So, he invaded the apartment, bending over the bed of a teenage girl before she woke up, and her screams drove him off. Three days later, he returned and tried to drag her down the motherfucking stairs of the apartment. No. Deadass. And, um, thankfully, thankful fucking Lee, neighbors intervened before he could seriously injure her Mm -hmm. or take her away. Yeah. Um, so he was then convicted of burglary, burglary, okay, apparently that's- Burglary. That's my word. Burglary. Mm -hmm. You got it. There you go. You gotta get the L in the right spot. (laughs) And assault on January 4th, 1962. He drew a one-year suspended sentence. Wow. With three years he of probation. A, a white person? Yes. He's okay. a white man in the 60s, so okay. you know how that's going to be fucked with. Um, Costa married. Oh, jeez. Yeah. In April 1963. Bless this woman's heart. Like, I just can't believe it. Honestly, cannot believe it. Um, to a 14-year-old girl when he Wait, was 18. I was going to say, he's only 18. Yep. Wait, is that, isn't that illegal now? Yes. Eight, well, actually, I don't know what the age of consent is in Massachusetts. Oh. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's... Can you do the Google? Please pause while we check the Google about the age of consent in Massachusetts. In Massachusetts, the age of consent now is 16. I don't know about them in the 60s because it was the fucking 60s, as the wine and crime gal so eloquently put it. So, there was, there was that wonderful thing. He fathered three children um, before drugs complicated their relationship, producing bizarre and really, really fucking irresponsible behavior. Hmm, you wouldn't say. That doesn't do that to anybody else. No, definitely not. Um, so, so they divorced five years later in 1968. As a divorcee and a father of three children, Costa spent his time working odd jobs here and there. I do not know if he actually gained custody of the children. I Mm -hmm. couldn't find anything on that. I couldn't even find the name of his wife. Whoa. Which, um, when I'm going to tell you what he did, I'm pretty sure she probably changed her name and probably changed the children's names. Mm. because of such actions yeah or at least i would yeah so um he spent his time like i said working odd jobs here and there uh mostly a carpenter or a handyman Uh, costa was living in a boarding house Mm -hmm. um during this time uh because he was coming off of probation and he's just not that stable of a dude so you know yeah boarding house kind of seemed like the best option um He gave the impression to the owner of the boarding house of being a little bit off. Other locals chimed in to say that he was a loner who seemed, quote, a little bit off and a little bit into himself, end quote, and was known to have made a hobby out of taxidermy, 
which it's so funny we say that because we were literally just telling my niece what taxidermy was, Mm -hmm. um, which was quite hilarious. She's seven um, and was asking about, uh, was it a dead cat in her yard? Yeah, so she, um, I was in the front seat and Sierra was in the back. That's why I don't fully know the conversation. So they buried, they had buried a cat who had passed away in their yard. Uh-huh. And she was like, I'm afraid to dig because I don't want to dig up the cat. Yeah. And I was like, well, how long ago did the cat die? And she was like, oh, a couple years. So I was like, well, so the flesh is gone. There might be some hair and bones like left. Yeah. And she was like, and so I was like, but you, you could always just like stuff the cat. You know, when they die. Oh, and then that is how we led to the conversation of taxidermy. Yeah, and I was like, do you know what taxidermy is? And she was like, no, which is a big word, not, I mean. Yeah, and then I um, so eloquently put it that, you know, the stuffed deer heads on people's wall, and she goes, oh, yeah, because she's a southern little thing, mm-hmm. so of course she does. Yeah. Um, and I was like, well, people do that to their cats, and she goes, they cut their heads off? <laughs> I was like, no, 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 no. I mean, you can, but they usually don't. They stuff the whole thing. She goes, oh, okay. I could probably do that. (laughs) Like, she's so interesting. She's a very interesting little child, and she's just so funny, and she always says the funniest things. She was like, if I ever got a hairless cat, I would glue, like, horse hair onto it. (laughs) I'm like, what? Oh, my God, that's so funny. She always says it with the most serious yes. attitude. She's so, like, her face is so serious all the time. And, like, she's a blonde-haired, blue-eyed child mm-hmm. with, like, this, like, cherub little face. Yeah. And just, I just can't with some of the things she says. It's just so funny. But she said, what did she say in the back of the car? And my mom was like, hmm, that sounds like Emily. <laughs> Oh, if somebody steals, she won a dollar. Okay, let me back this up. Oh, yeah. So, we were doing scratch-off tickets because my mother, for my birthdays, always gives me a scratch-off ticket. And I had let her do um, a scratch-off ticket, one of my scratch-off tickets. And she had actually won a do- um, $2. So, to split it with her, um, I had given her a dollar. And <laughs> she had put it in her pocket, and then we were leaving the restaurant, and she had left it in the car... And she goes, oh, thank goodness my dollar is safe. Because if somebody had stolen it, I would have to stab them a bunch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then my mom proceeds to look over at me and goes, that sounds like you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it, it's quite hilarious. She's a, she's a fucking hilarious child. Um, but, yes, speaking of not a hilarious child, Tony Costa. Okay, two of his victims stayed at the same boarding house where Costa lived, so, yay. That's, like, bold, right? Like, not even six degrees of separation, like, two. (laughs) Maybe. If they lived on the same floor, it would be way less. Yeah. So, (laughs) he even helped them bring in their motherfucking luggage. Right? Like, what? I'm sorry. Like, here, <laughs> let me get that for let you. Let me escape out your your um, your um house right now. Let me let me see all of your possible points of entrance. But are they just living in rooms? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, um, Costa's room at the boarding house was searched after his arrest, and a rope with red stains on it was discovered in the closet. Wow. Right? 
So, in June 1966, he brought home two, quote, hippie girls um, named Bonnie Williams and Diane Federoff with the announcement that he would be driving them to Pennsylvania. Whoa, that was a whole clusterfuck of a word. Um, Moving on alone from there, like from Pennsylvania to California, uh, later Costa told police that he drove the girls to Hayward, California, but they never got there. Like, why would they decide, no, you know what, just kidding, we don't want to go to Pennsylvania, we want to go to California instead. I mean, I guess it's possible. It is possible, because we, we make split-second decisions but like I guess, that. I guess it would depend on why they were going to Pennsylvania. Yeah, true. Um, so Costa surfaced at his home in Massachusetts 10 days later, and the girls are now, like, now they are believed to be his first known victims. Mm, okay. In August 1967, hiking in the Truro Woods near Provincetown, Massachusetts, Costa shot a female acquaintance with an arrow, afterwards apologizing for the, quote, accident. Um, no... No, no, no. I can understand how, like, a gunshot can be seen as an accident because, you know, there's less steps to go into it. But, like, a fucking arrow? I mean, I'm really good at shooting over the target (laughs) fine with with an arrow. (laughs) Like, I can get it over every time. Yeah. I mean, all right. So, back to 1968. His marriage was basically in shambles because that's the year that they got divorced. And he drove to California in the latter days of January, settling briefly in San Francisco's free-swinging Haight-Ashbury district. Um, His girlfriend of the time, Barbara Spaulding, left her child with relatives and then vanished on the day that Costa left for Massachusetts. Not yeah. suspicious at all? No, completely not suspicious. Um, she was never seen again, and homicides detectives now believe that Costa murdered her as well. Because you fucking think? <sighs> okay, so, back home in Massachusetts, Costa burglarized a doctor's office on May 17th, stealing various surgical instruments and drugs valued at $5,000 of the time. Whoa. That's a lot of fucking money. Yeah. Because this was the fucking Even 60s. without uh, inflation, it's still a lot of money. Yeah. So, a week later, a week after him stealing this office stuff mm-hmm. um, from the doctor's office, a um, 18-year-old Sydney Monzon vanished from her home in Provincetown, which is his hometown. Mm-hmm. Um, her disappearance was reported by police on, no, reported to police on June 14th. Police don't really have a clue at this point um, who's doing this. I don't even think at this point they're connecting them. Oh, okay. Because one, they're different states, like different sides of the fucking country. Two, it's just some missing women. It is the 60s. Mm. Um, so, you know. We're not at a great level on the totem pole right now. Um, by August, Costa was divorced and um, starting his brand new life with his brand new girlfriend, Susan Perry. <sighs> she lasted a whole fucking week. Whoa. Yeah. 
before she disappeared on September 10th. So, bless her heart. Yeah. Um, when questioned by um, his friends and by Susan's friends, mm-hmm. Costa told them that she had, quote, gone to Mexico. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah. So, in mid-September, Costa was arrested for driving with a suspended driver's license. Um, and then later on the 25th, he was picked up again for failure to support his wife and children. So, you know, child support kind of thing. Yeah. Alimony kind of thing. Which is so funny to me because, um, that's one of the ways Ted Bundy was caught was for like a minor little thing. And mm-hmm. that was the traffic stop. Remember? Yeah. So, it's just, it's so crazy how these dudes can, like, continue, 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 and then trip up on, like, the little things. Yeah. It's wild. Um, he was held in custody, custody, until November 8th. Uh, upon his release, he started spending time and sharing drugs with Christine Gallant. Um, she was, like, another one of those, like, free spirit kind of chicks, you know? Yeah. Um, of the hippie scene. scene. Uh, so, on the weekend of November 23rd, Gallant was found dead in her New York apartment, drowned in the ba- uh, bathtub of a apparent barbiturate overdose. Wait, how did we even get to New York? He flip-flops. He, when he was, when I said he was held in custody until November 8th, and then that's when he started fucking with Christine Gallant, uh-huh. who lives in New York. Wait, so he went back to New York? He was never in New York. Like, he was never in New York to begin with, but now he is in New York. Wait, so was he in California, he was in California when he got arrested? No. He oh, was in Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Oh, jeez. Okay. Sorry. No, that's my fault. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to just... Remember which side of the country he's on? We, he flip-flops around a lot, which is one of the reasons I think he was able to get away for it for the couple of years that he did. Mm-hmm. Um, that, and I just think that there were, like I said, I think there was just a lack of fucking communication. Because, like, town-to-town police departments don't talk to each other. Even now, it's still like a... Yeah. I wonder, I don't know that much about, like, police history as far as... Well, because they didn't have the internet yet. No. So. I mean, like I said, even newspapers. now, police departments don't talk to each other. That's why so many rape cases go unsolved. Yeah. At least they, I mean, not that it was, not, not that it's an excuse, but at least they didn't have as easy communication as we do now. So. Yeah. Oh, now it's even and less like, of an excuse. It's like, because we have whole databases of, mm-hmm. um... Crimes and yeah. motives, not motives, but like MOs. And exactly. Stuff like that. So that's why it's even like that's why now it is so unex like. What's the word I'm looking for? Inexcusable. Inexcusable. There we go. Unacceptable. That's the word it was. Unacceptable that they are not communicating with one another. Mm-hmm. Um. So anyway, back to New York. Um. Christine Gallant was found in her bathtub of an apparent barbiturate overdose. Um, on January 24th, 1969, Patricia Walsh and Mary Ann Wysocki disappeared on a visit to none other than Provincetown, Massachusetts. Um, on February 8th, 1969, while looking for the bodies of, so they're already looking for the bodies now, 
um, while looking for the bodies of Patricia Walsh and Mary, Mary Ann Wysocki. I really hope I'm saying her name right. Um, police discovered Susan Perry. Perry had been missing since the previous Labor Day. Remember, that was his other girlfriend mm-hmm. who lasted a week. On March 4th, the dismembered bodies of Walsh, Wysocki, and um, another woman, Sydney Monzon, mm-hmm. remember her, um, were found buried together a mile and a half from the first grave site. Well, yeah. Not far. Nope. So. I'm surprised he buried them all in the same place. Convenience. And if the first two haven't been, or if the first one hasn't yeah. been found, then the other two aren't going to be found. Yeah. That's like the New Jersey serial killer that did it all on that one beach. Mm, yeah. I remember. So, I remember watching that on the news in class. We were all just like. I'm sorry, what? And it was just, it's, it was just crazy every single time they said that they found another body. Yeah. It was wild. Um, so Walsh and Wysocki had been shot in the head with their hearts removed. Um, all three victims had their hearts removed. Um, also all three victims had the, uh, marks of human teeth like, indentions Mm -hmm. on their bones, and the coroner discovered, (laughs) God, the coroner discovered evidence of necrophilia. Mm -hmm. Um, so, I mean, it's just, like, every single marker that you can Mm -hmm. on this shit. Um, when Waisaki's body was found, um, about a month later, her torso and her head had been buried separately. Um, not long after, Walsh and the rest of Waisaki's body, body parts, um, were found in a forest clearing that Costa had used for growing fucking marijuana. Go figure. Mm-hmm. Investigators learned that Walsh and Wysocki had met Tony Costa in Provincetown, which, I mean, of course, because that's where he fucking lived and was drawn to for some reason. Um, he was found in possession of their car and he produced a suspicious bill of sale claiming that he purchased the vehicle before the women, quote, left for Canada. So first they're leaving for California, and then they're leaving for Mexico, and now they're leaving for Canada. Granted, it's all different women, but he's just hitting it everywhere. <laughs> I mean, I guess if he said they all went to the same place, it would be more suspicious. That's true. I mean, I have to think it's by this time the cops are just like, let's go see what this fucker's going to lie to us about today. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, maybe, baby. (laughs) My goodness. Okay, so he was then arrested um, on suspicion of murder after detectives learned that the the burial site was Costa's, quote, private garden used for stashing drugs and growing the Mary Jane. Uh, In custody, the suspect changed his story several times, Mm -hmm. of course, because that's what they do. Um, twice implicating innocent friends of his, um, for the murders, repeatedly failing a polygraphic examinations, and, um, he was actually placed in, like, a, um, psychiatric hold, because they, like, he was, he knew how to work the system, Mm -hmm. um, so they're like, oh, maybe he's, like, mentally unstable, so on March 31st, uh, was his first psychiatric exam, and this exam resulted in the diagnosis of schizoid personality. Um, 
That is a very 60s term. That is the term they used. Please don't come at me for that. Um, three months later, a second psychiatrist characterized Costa as a modern-day Marquise de Sade. I don't know who that is. So. I get nothing. We, we just gonna move on. Um, and a sexually dangerous man capable of murder. Yep. So. That person should get it raised. <laughs> they got it right. <laughs> so. There's some faith in something. Something. There's some <laughs> faith in some um, psychiatric professionals. Yeah. <laughs> so the floodgates opened on July 12th, 1969, when Costa finally confessed to the murder of Mary Wysocki. Um, Costa then described the murders in detail of Walsh and Wysocki in his unpublished novel, because... What is one thing that we know about sick motherfuckers? Mm-hmm. They like to talk about themselves and all the wrongs that society has done to their poor, fragile, white male egos. Um, this unpublished My novel. <laughs> World's tiniest violin for these motherfuckers. Um, his novel was called Resurrection because... You know, they like to throw some religion in on that. Oh, my goodness. Um, I don't know if I said this, but he was raised in, like, a Catholic faith. Mm, So it kind of makes sense. He wrote this wonderful, wonderful, terrible fucking thing um, while he was in prison because this motherfucker got in prison. (laughs) Basically. Um, So... In his his account. Mm -hmm. Okay. So a very jaded and biased biased thank you account um he stated that caught himself and it costa is he talking about himself in the third person yes of course he is um costa and a friend named carl that has quotations <laughs> under on it um so we're out with the women um consuming lsd and dilated and carl Shot, <laughs> shot Walsh and Wysocki. Costa claimed he was able to subdue his friend upon realizing that Mary Ann Wysocki was still alive. Um, which then um, made Costa, as he put it, um, use his knife to, quote, end her suffering. Yeah, because that's a normal response when someone's dying is to just kill them. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. 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 Gotcha. Yep. So, according to Costa, he and Carl um, buried Poor the body. I know, right? I really hope Carl's not real. <laughs> because if he has some actual friend named Carl, this poor motherfucker. Yeah. Um, like, choose your friends wisely. <laughs> yes, seriously. So, the novel then goes on to describe the death of Susan Perry and Sidney Monzon as due to drug overdoses. Uh, Costa then claims it was Carl who dismembered and buried their bodies and that he had, quote, no knowledge until after their deaths. Uh, That's so weird. Right? Like, you're already, like, I guess did he think that, like... People would, like, sympathize with him and, like, yeah. try to get him well, out. Well, that's, that's what they do. They want to make themselves likable to the point where they have people underneath their thumb and people that they can control to help them get their next thing. They That's all they do is use people. Because, like, 
No, they don't no. have the emotion to think, oh, I can make these people sympathize with me. No, 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 no. I can use these people. So it's not necessarily, it's ego in a different, like, way. Because it's not, like, ego in, like, this is what I've done. Yes, exactly. It's like, I, let me tell this story so that I can control so delicate, more people. So delicate, delicately and so misconstrued this said story. To get people to do what I need them to do at the moment. Because they're going to take their story and they're going to fit it to whatever narrative they need it to fit. Oh, at that so, moment. So the media. Oh, oh, 110%. <laughs> I love that, Sierra, yes. <laughs> okay, I just want to make sure yeah, we're on the yeah. same page. Or um, um, President Donald Trump. Um, yeah, so... Well, and I think uh, lots like politicians just in general, because like oh god, yeah, those ads. Well, you know, a politician has to be a little bit of a psychopath slash a little bit of a narcissist to even be a politician to begin with. Unfortunately, yes. however, our president is a he just deadly combination of both, and I say deadly that. because you see what's happening in the world right now. So, <sighs> sorry, I got you onto that. That's I, don't ever be sorry for getting me on my tangent. <laughs> I love it. Um, anyway, uh, do, do, do. Costa's trial opened on May 6, 1970, uh, ending, oh, thankfully, with his conviction on four counts of murder, um, and he was sentenced to life at Massachusetts Walpole Correctional Institution. Um, he started serving his sentence on May 29th and began... <laughs> This is just, this part's wild. He began stocking his cell with books on ritual magic and the occult, including a copy of uh, Anton LaVey's Satanic Bible. So. That's great. Right? Um, he hasn't killed anybody in since he's been in prison. Well, four years later, oh, on May 12, 1974, Costa was found hanging in his prison cell, a leather belt around his neck. Um, the death was ruled a, si- a suicide. I just don't understand the psychology behind him completing suicide. Like, I guess he just thought he was better than being in jail, or... I feel like it's the last little bit of control that he can have. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, what greater control do you have than you continuing to live? You know? And he can he gets it, to decide when he gets he to decide or not. He gets to um make it on his terms. The family do not get any closure because mm-hmm. if like you know his first two original victims, the families still do not know what happened to them. Yeah. Um. They they do not have their bodies. Yeah. Um. So I feel like that was that was his little last fuck you. To. What he, what he saw as his last little bit of control was co- him completing suicide. I mean, serial offenders, that is typically how they, you know, end it. Like the, um, what was his name? Castro? Ariel Castro? Um, the guy who kept those women locked in that house. Oh, okay. I yeah. mean, he completed suicide. It's, it's just about how much they can control, basically. That's, yeah. that's the only good way I can put it, is control yeah because that's what these sick fucks crave off of like that's what they they that's why they commit the murder to begin yes. with yeah it's the control and that it gets them off in some sort of way mm-hmm. 
not even like in a sexual way, in some sort of way, that is what they need or they feel they need to live. Yeah. That's the way I see it, you know? Yeah. Just the, the, just the control aspect of it. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's just crazy. So that is my case. Um, that's all I got for you guys. I did not look up a joke because I didn't really feel like telling a joke today. Aw, man. I'm sorry. I was trying to think of one. <laughs> yeah, I, Here, I can look up a birthday joke. I know one. That I, my go-to for some reason is, what do you call a cow with no legs? What do you call a cow with no legs? Ground beef. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Here, I'll find a birthday dad joke. If you guys have, like, any good um, favorite dad jokes, just please let us know. Um, we're always looking for... I love them, and apparently Emma loves them, too. <laughs> and so, we'd love if you could um, send us your favorite dad jokes. All of the favorite dad jokes. Like, the Laffy Taffy jokes crack me the fuck up, man. If you send us your jokes, we can say them at the end of our episodes. Okay. All right, everybody. So, I just looked up a joke because it's my birthday and I feel like I need to tell a birthday-related joke. Um, so, what does a turtle do on his birthday? Mm, he has a party for one inside his shell. <laughs> no, he celebrates. <laughs> oh, um, and it's a turtle joke, so oh, turtle. it fucking fits. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's all I have for you. I'm going to stop talking for a second um, <laughs> while Sierra tells you where the fuck to find us. Here we go, guys. Okay, so Paranormal Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Emily posts all the pictures from the case each week and great memes. And <laughs> I don't know, I was going to say something else and then just poof, out the window. <laughs> just a spear. Uh, yeah. Um, but we also, also you can find our blog that has all the pictures um, all the sources, and then also, um, some resources, um, at paranormpodcast.com, and you can... And she means by some resources, like your mental health resources. Yes. Your domestic violence resources. Any kind of resources to help you better your life. So, like, if you need to talk to somebody, we have some anonymous, like, help, helplines or hotlines, um, or if, you know, you're in a situation that you would like to get out of don't know how to do that um we definitely have resources for you as well and uh, and it's not directly with us correct um yes. it is reputable outside sources that who, will have resources for you after you know like yes. to, to continue um getting yes. out of that situation or to continue um getting better your mental health or just you know whatever bettering your fucking life man yes. like we need you yeah you're, you contribute to this planet, and we you, appreciate you for that. You matter. Yes. So. That is, did you? Um, so you can reach out to us on, on, um, on any of our social media. You can also reach out to us on our website, paranormalpodcast.com. Um, we have a little contact us thing in there. You can send us your dad jokes. You can, um. You know, whatever. Let us know how you feel. Episode suggestions, anything that's on your mind, or um, the good old fashioned email. Yeah, paranormalpodcast at gmail dot com. There we go. Da da da. 
And all as always, if you would love to support us on Patreon, we would greatly appreciate it. Yes, please. Um, we don't have any patrons yet, and I need patrons. <laughs> I need that. That is my birthday wish. Please, I want, like, at least 22. That is my lucky number. I want at least 22 patrons. Okay, y'all? Okay. So, we're going to get on that. And, um... <laughs> Sierra just just agrees with me to make me hush most of the time. Well, the more patrons... <laughs> Here's her backtracking. Well, um, anyway. But yeah, so we do, we would love to be able to make more content and to produce more exclusive content for our patrons. So if you could, um, so yes. if you could even pledge three, three bucks a month or if you want to just help us out, that would be great um, at any level. Um, we would definitely appreciate it. Or even if you just like shared our episodes with your yes, friends that is the best um, way to help us find you know all your spooky gals and gents out there or they or thems yes i was getting there <laughs> um and just share our podcast with them yeah um, do it i dare you why aren't you doing it double dog dare you oh my god she double dog dare you <laughs> y'all bitches need to get on that but anyway so yeah so let us know um if you're liking the episodes and um, any, like you said, any suggestions and we'll see you on, we won't see you. We'll be back in your lovely, lovely ears in next week. Yeah. Next week. And we get to record this episode, this coming episode early because I won't be here. So yeah, yeah. She's leaving me. I'm leaving her. I'm leaving Mags. It's a whole thing. I'll tell you about it later. Tune in next week and you'll hear all about it. So, all right. Goodbye everyone. Bye.